Hello and welcome to this video. Today we're joined by Shay, a second year history student at the University of Oxford studying at Regent's Park College to talk about what life is like studying history at the University of Oxford. Shay, how are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a good day so far. So let's get started off with Oxford in general. So to get started off with this interview, Shay, you're a British student studying in Oxford. How did you find the process of settling in? Um, I, I mean, even though I'm British, it, it, this, Oxford is still a bit of a culture shock. Firstly, because it's a city and I'm, I'm from a more sort of rural area than Oxford. So coming into a place where everyone's always on the go and it's always loud um, and, and there's all sorts going on is, is so different and exhausting, but also very interesting. Um, and yeah, I think it's an adjustment for everyone whether you're you're British or, or international, there's always something a bit a bit unique about Oxford in a good way. In a good way. Mm. So what were perhaps a few of those things which stood out in a good way to you, apart from kind of that becoming a bit of a faster paced life? What, what what were some more things which stood out to you? Um well one thing that stands out to me I mean it's probably quite boring, but the streets. Um when I'm here, I will walk down the street and I will see perhaps one person I know at least. Um, and if I don't, I will be surrounded by people and, I don't know, trying to wrestle through to go to Tesco. Whereas at home, if I take the dog out for a walk, um, I could even go out for a walk and not see anyone at all, let alone someone I know. Um, so it's that, it's that culture shock of always being amongst people. Um, but I mean, it's, there, there's good and bad with both approaches, and I, I like them both, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. So perhaps um, you're now a second year student. How do you find that jump? I guess you, you've gone from a small city to now a bigger city, now from first year to second year. What were those differences between the two that you found so far? Well, um, second year, there's a lot more pressure because the work you're doing now, especially last time in Michaelmas, uh, Michaelmas of your second year in history, you're doing your work for the British history paper, which is actually a coursework paper you do at the end of your second year. So I'll be doing that in June. Although I think I'm going to be part of the last set of people who are going to be doing that. So anyone coming up is, is going to be taking the exam at the end of third year. So the pressure right from the start is different because this is work that's actually going to contribute to how well you do. And then that carries on now into into the next term where you're thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to be doing a coursework exam on this in a couple of months time. But this is all stuff that's going to contribute to what happens. So there's always in first year, everything is a bit of a, an experiment. And if it all goes wrong, there's not as much of an issue, whereas now you can still get things wrong and you will. But there's more pressure to sort them out and sort them out quicker. Don't talk so, to me when I'm in third year, because that would be mad. <laughs> well, I don't think either of us would have time to do anything in third year apart from no. writing essays and preparing, right? But mm. I guess I'm um, thinking a bit more about kind of how the history course is structured. You talked a bit about how first year is a bit different from second year, the tests in second year, and then, of course, we have finals in third year as well. How is the mm. history course structured like, and what are <coughs> some of the expecting going into Oxford history? Um. So in Michaelmas, in your first and your second year, you do the British History Paper, as I said, which is an overview paper of, that covers a period of about 200 years. 
depending on which one you choose. Um, and that is sort of um, a look into the state of Britain at those times. And it's split into different themes like gender and, in my case, with British History 4, which is 1500-1700, the Reformation, um, power of the nobility, social issues at the bottom of the pile. Um, and it, it varies according to which period, because obviously there are different things going on. Um, and then if you, when you go into Hillary in your first year, you'll do another overview paper like that, but it will be about Europe and the rest of the world rather than Britain. And in your first year alongside that, you'll be doing an approach, which is like um, a look at history from a different angle. So I did archaeology and, and wrote a bit about the use of archaeology and history. Trinity of your first year, you do an optional subject, which is a lot of primary source working with historiography. Um, and then for your second year in Michaelmas, it's, it's the same with British history. Hillary, you do a further subject, which is like the optional subject alongside disciplines, which is like, a it all repeats itself basically until you get to third year when in the term from January to March, you write your thesis and then in the summer you do your exams and, and that's that mm. i hope i hope that's comprehensive enough yeah well it's a good it's a good dive into i'm um, studying the course and i'm sure people can study a bit more or go check out the website for even more in-depth analysis but it's a very yeah, good it'll explain it a lot better than i will yeah. well it's a good it's a good jump for <laughs> people to who are watching this perhaps developing upon that a bit more what's the workload like i know it's distributed a bit differently across the terms and across the different years but what what could a student be expecting to do how many essays are they writing tutorials lectures what are they expecting during a week um everyone seems to find the history workload slightly different according to individual experiences a lot of historians who turn around and say i don't do much work at all some like me who say well I, I do quite a bit of work and it is quite intense but not as intense as like a medical student or someone who studies science and then there are some people who are just drowned so it is it is individual but essay wise there's a lot of reading and there's a moderate amount of writing usually one essay a week at least sometimes with a reading week where you don't have to do that and then the tutes to go with every essay and um lectures scattered about mm -hmm. so you've talked it's very about independent mm -hmm. yes that sounds good and and, it, and it's a very important thing one thing i love about oxford is just how much control you have over kind of what you're doing <laughs> and kind of the time that you have. Perhaps developing a, a bit upon that, you've talked about history tutorials, lectures. Uh, what are history tutorials like? Um, are you enjoying them so far and how are they structured? Yeah, I enjoy the tutorials, um, but that's because I'm lucky to have very good tutors. Um, the history tutorial is essentially like a conversation. It's very similar to the interview you do, except it's with one scholar um, and sometimes with a tutorial partner as well. I think I've had more tutorials where I've been on my own than with someone else. Um, but then it just means the format changes differently and it's it's a conversation, it varies depending on who your tutor is and often it will be structured around the essay you've written and any potential issues that it has or interesting arguments that you make that the tutor wants to hear more about. It's a way of solidifying an understanding and adding to the work you will have done in the run-up to it in that week through the, the independent reading. Perhaps um, you've talked about uh, having single tutorials and perhaps a tutorial with a partner. Uh, how 
how are they different? Because I've just recently had my first tutorials by myself with a one-to-one and they were quite different from the dynamics you have when there's two students or even three students in the room. How have yeah. how would you describe the differences between the two? Um, if you're on your own, I find that the essay is actually brought out by the tutor and sometimes they'll go through it and, and they'll use that as the way to frame the conversation and improve how you've written it. It's a lot more tailored to your own um, your own interests and any issues you have. In comparison, when it's with two people, you, you know, yourself and someone else, and one tutorial last time I had with two other people, there were three of us. In those situations, the discussion is far more general. Your essay doesn't tend to be touched on as much, but definitely the themes you've, you've done are talked about. Okay, so that's a brilliant insight into what tutorials are like. And it's definitely something which is so important as part of the Oxbridge process. You, yeah. if, you, if you're applying to Oxford, you definitely need to enjoy tutorials. If you don't like that one-to-one -one communication with a tutor or even a tutor partner, Oxford probably isn't really the best place for you. But perhaps moving on from that, what's a normal day in the life like for you? Um, at the moment, I, I get up fairly early. Not, it's not like going to school there. And sometimes it varies depending on what I've done, how much work I've got. Um, I'll cycle into college because I have to live out in my second year. And I'll tend to work and read throughout the day. Muddled around that, I tend to fit social stuff within the day. I don't fix anything unless I've got a meeting or a tutorial. So you do see people, you don't work the whole day, but you do work for a substantial amount of time. Um, at night, you tend to have more free time. Um, so you might go to the college bar or the JCR. You might go to a society event or you, you could just go home and, and relax. It, as a history student, your typical day is very rarely repetitive. It's all fit around your academic and your social commitments. And because the work is so independent, you work your own hours, um, which is a hazard. For some people, for me, it's a bit of a liberty because I, I tend to get the work done anyway. Um, touch wood. Watch it all go terribly wrong after saying that. But it, it, it's flexible. There's I, One thing I love about being here is I never tend to have a day that is exactly like the one before it. I get up in the morning and I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Mm. That's definitely something I love as well. I, I, I guess philosophy and theology, our workload is probably quite similar. and we, we have a lot of control over our time as well. And there's that uniqueness to Oxford where things are always unpredictable. Predictably, predictable in some sense, but rather unpredictable yeah. in others. You've talked a bit about I think uh, your... Go ahead. I think it's just a thing about doing a, a humanities subject mm. anywhere, not just Oxford. But there's, there's so much independence and flexibility that you everything is different no matter where you are but i mean you're right oxford definitely so so Shay, you've talked a bit about your social side of of oxford what are some of the things you do around the jcr because the jcr the junior coming room is a very big part of oxford life Shay's way more involved in the jcr committee like bar managing way more than i do i'm never in the jcr so Shay, can you tell both me and the the people watching what it's like in the region's jcr the, the Regents JCR is very distinctive. It is consistently rated as one of, or, or perhaps even the best JCR in Oxford. It's very cosy. 
there is a table tennis table, which is used a lot. There is a darts board. And recently we've had a pool table brought in. And because Regents is so small, you tend to know anyone who's sat in there anyway. And it's, it's very close-knit and community-orientated. But adjacent to the JCR, and where I'm sat in at the minute, because it's the only quiet private space in Oxford outside of its opening hours, not in Oxford, sorry, in Regents, um, is, is the bar. And as you say, I, I, I manage the bar now. And that essentially involves keeping the, the books balanced, making sure that we're not losing money, that we have the right stock, um, and that it's staffed. And also one thing I'm trying to do is to use this room, this space, a bit more for the, the community side of things, um, because the, on the drink side, it's it's already very well developed. Regents I, I, is so community orientated that I want to take advantage of that with the bar space in a way that it already is, because it's already a bit of a hub. Um, so it's it's very it's a very intimate community in a nice sort of way. Yes. Before we go on to the next question, I have a personal question for you, Shay. I was in the I was in the bar on Wednesday night watching some football, and I tried to order a Manny Mule, and uh, the bar had since run out of gin. I was wondering whether you have um any gin left over in the bar now. Have you replenished stock? Yeah, because the delivery arrived this afternoon. Wonderful. Late. Um, we have we have gin. You just caught me on a bad day, um, and now everyone knows about it. So thanks. <laughs> yes, no. I was looking for the Manny Mule, and that just didn't show up. But it, it was, it's something yeah. I always get when I go to the region. It's, it's just it's teething problems. I've been in the job two weeks. It, it's yeah. it'd be fine. Like we're not bankrupt, so it's, the job is satisfactory at the moment. Hopefully, I could be better than satisfactory as time goes on, and I I become a bit more settled in my. I was going to say authority, but it's not authority in my occupation hmm. well i i definitely wish you good luck for that occupation i i'm rarely in the bar but when i do <laughs> i do when i am in the bar it is always a good time so now um hmm. perhaps taking a step back from the common room and the, the oxford college in general what's the craziest thing which has happened to you since you've arrived in oxford um uh, what sort of crazy do you mean mad well, crazy I'll, I'll give you an example. amazing crazy Mm. I'll give you an example. Um, when I talked to a student at Cornell, his most crazy experience was was urinating on the law library off the bridge onto the car park below it. So um, that's kind of. Well, I mean, I haven't done anything like that. It's it's not particularly my style. But if, if you spoke to another Oxford student, particularly one who went to a private school, they would probably tell you they've done that and worse. Um, whereas if you're saying, which I hope I am. Um, the, the strangest thing that happened to me was I was once walking down the street and there was a man, he was walking on the other one, he was coming towards me. And because obviously the streets in Oxford are quite crowded, you can't see the ground. This man had a bit of string. I thought, oh, that's interesting. He's got a bit of string. Why is it unraveled? Why is he holding it like, like up here? And then the person in front of me sort of went into a shop and I looked down. And on this string was a pigeon. He was walking a pigeon in the street, <laughs> just w walking past. And, and I, at the time, because Oxford is, is that place, I just carried on walking and thought nothing of it. 
And I got this was near Tesco or Maudlin or Maudlin Road or Maudlin Street, whichever it was a road or street. And I walked about two minutes further down, and I got to sort of where Corn Market begins, where the big Waterstones is. And I just suddenly stopped with the street and thought, why was that man walking a pigeon? Where was he taking the pigeon? Was he taking it to the library? Who, what's going on? Where am I? Am I dreaming? No, pinch yourself. It's not a dream. It, it's real. That's the maddest thing. It's not quite peeing off a bridge, but I, I would still say it was crazy. Um, I would like to say that there was a perfectly rational explanation for it, but I'm not qualified to talk about that sort of thing because I do history. <laughs> I know going to university can be quite overwhelming, especially for me coming all the way from Hong Kong. So if you could go back in time to the start of university and settle in and perhaps do something a bit differently, what would you do differently? Um, I mean, it's very boring. And I, I said this in another thing we did, but I, I, I don't think I would particularly want to adjust anything um i can't think of any nightmarish experiences that i've had even as someone who's not very familiar with the oxford way of doing things so i mean if it hopefully it's a reassurance to people that that i'm quite happy with how it played out nothing too horrible is going to happen to you you'll just you'll just settle in in your own way and, and that's what i did and you know i'm i like to think i'm a more confident and better better able to manage being independent because of, of settling into Oxford. So I, I don't think, even as a historian, as someone who looks at the past and, and talks about what if, I don't think it's a very useful way of, of dealing with things. I think everything is has happened for a reason. Wonderful. Thank you for that answer. I hope you've enjoyed this video. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this interview. And let me know in the comments below if you have any questions, ideas, or different subjects you want to learn about. I'd love to hear your thoughts there. Stay safe. See you soon. Thank you for watching and goodbye. I'll see you next one.